if you remember, I don't know, there used to be a lot of uh, knocks on Boston. Uh, mm -hmm. This is my little ad for Before they cleaned it up. Right, used to be, yeah. you know, Love That Dirty Water was in the song. Um, Boston is my home, but that used to be the rivers were completely contaminated. And MWRA was brought in to clean all that up, and they've done a tremendous job of doing all that. Now they're trying to go to another level, you know, can we power some of the infrastructure that we have to clean the water with clean energy? You know, makes right. sense, why not do that? But, you know, don't buy it from, from thieves. Um, and then there was federal money that was used for the purchase, so stimulus money, TARP money, is the money that the state of Massachusetts had to pay for it. So the kind of the end wrapper that 60 Minutes and CBS News liked was not only did they steal in China, but they're now bringing the stolen property into the U.S. and that's being funded and sponsored by the U.S. government. Wow. How's, how's that for a Saturday? That's, you know? that's pretty, um, well, in, in some respects though, it, it, it made possible the lawsuit that was right. So now, and 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 you have culpability. So you, this administration, so President Obama back in 2009-2010, actually heralded our relationship with Sinovel as the model for technology transfer, particularly in the energy sector. So he was out um, lauding what we were working on with the Chinese that we had found this way where we share some IP, not all. We don't make everything. We make part. They make the other part, and, and the two parties work together and build nice business together. So we had that going for us, plus the fact that the federal government is actually buying the wind turbines, which is a big reason why the U.S. Department of Justice takes this seriously, because it's not just the issue; it's the American government's culpability in the issue itself. So. Um, when this came out, um, it came out of the Western District of Wisconsin. I'm sometimes asked why Wisconsin. So we had had two installations in um, Wisconsin, one in Madison and one in Milwaukee. Today, the one in Milwaukee we still have, we're investing in. You had a manufacturing plant up there, too. We shut that down in Madison. So all those jobs were lost. Some of them were transferred to Massachusetts, and that was where the D-Bar product was made. The D-Bar product's now made in Massachusetts. We've done cost reduction, and it's been very hard in trying to go from sure. 850, 900 employees down to we got below 300 at, at one point here to do that amount of cuts and restructure, keep the core technology, keep the core people, and then be able to, to move forward as we have towards prosperity, which is what we're after. Um, the uh, Western Court, um, their analogy was this was akin to attempted corporate homicide, which I think was a good way to describe what they were trying. I mean, the court in Wisconsin. Yeah, so ultimately the strategy of the Chinese is very simple. And that's why on the 60 Minutes piece I talked about, you know, uh, killing and right. killing the company. Their strategy is only that. Make them go away by having them go under. And the thing that, that that's happened, and uh, it's happened through uh, the company and employees developing products, investors like yourself taking a position and believing in where we're going to go, um, and and that has thwarted the whole strategy of let's let the little American company die, and then there's no longer somebody that can sue us. Mm -hmm. So now they have to figure out what they're going to. Now that we're going to we're making it and we're going to start thriving here, what are they going to do about it? And this U.S. Department of Justice complaint, it's not our suit, we don't have to spend money on it. It's the U.S. government going after them, it's our evidence. But it's really up to the U.S. government to uh, try them. And 
Recently, there's been progress there. There's been dates set up for transfer of information and evidence. There's been dates set up for pretrial, and then the trial is set for December of, of 2016. So I see that as a big forcing function. The U.S. government now has leverage, and how they want to utilize that is really going to uh, be up to them. They're going to go after Sinovel for fines, and they're going to go after Sinovel for remuneration to us Damages. for what was lost. Yeah. Dan, um, you know, it's, they used to say, I think they say, the best attorney never sees the inside of a courtroom. Um, before they go to court, do you see the Chinese government saying, okay, what does it take to make this go away numerically for the U.S. government and for you? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's that opportunity. I think the challenge is, and we've seen it all throughout this, is that as we deal with the Westerner and the Western system and the way Western law works and the way Western courts work, it's fundamentally different than how China works. Um, I, I think there's, we've had to do a little bit of civics lesson teaching to the Chinese government because they don't quite get that the Department of Justice in the American system is separate from everything else. So we have this idea of a law, and everybody, you know, go back to Magna Carta, and everybody is subject to that law. This is the Western traditional legal system. Mm -hmm. And that is separate from any political influence. And I don't think they fully appreciate, because in their system, political influence is everywhere. It's rampant in everything mm -hmm. that they do. It's part of why they have struggled with the WPTO and people really treating them seriously as a, as a world economy that should be on par with America, Germany, Japan, and, and participate in the, in the world economy uh, in, in the right way. Um, they've had their challenges with corruption, and all those are very well known, that the, the system itself has to figure out how to resolve this. But I think you know your, your uh, speculation that there is um, a trial in the U.S. that affects what's going on in China. Uh, I think the good thing for us is that the Chinese are taking it very seriously. It, they're not just dismissing it and saying, hey, we don't answer to you. They've hired uh, very good legal counsel, very expensive legal counsel in the U.S. to defend them. They're showing up and they're participating in the process here in the U.S. So, um, you know, I don't know what will happen as we get into the later days of, of, of 2016. But what I've said publicly on the 60 Minutes piece, I've said it over and over, we're not going to give this up. We've tried to divide the business to get the team to focus on how do we build, how do we grow, and then how do we compartmentalize this as a project that we continue to fight. We know, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to believe that if you're in the right, you're going to win, right? The evidence is overwhelming. The fact this guy was tried and convicted went to jail. I mean, it's clear there's a real problem. We are unique in many ways, however, though. So we're one of the few companies where we'll go on the record and talk very openly about what happened to us, why it happened, who did it, um, what the motivations were. I've seen this with our interactions with the U.S. government. There aren't a lot of CEOs who will stand up and say, somebody did this, and this is how they did it, and this is why they did it. Uh, it just doesn't happen. And I'm asked why. You know, We had to do it because the market cap change was so substantial. We had to go to the street and explain this. Um, it just didn't make sense that they would stop taking shipments, like you know, right. in, in, in an instant. Um, 
But it makes sense when you put it in, in the backdrop. Well, crime was committed, they stole what they wanted, they didn't quite need you anymore. So we had to explain that narrative to the market. That's liberated us to be able to keep explaining it. And what we've now become is not only an advocate for getting um, uh, financially compensated for our company and for our shareholders, but also helping the government understand really how big of a deal this is, and that we in many ways are a test case. Will China put their money where their mouth is? Xi Jinping has said many times they want to honor and respect Western IP, that the Western company has the same rights as a Chinese company. We are a case where we can prove that. Um, and we can stand up on the side of China if they're able to compensate us. You know, as a shareholder, talk about appropriate level and all that, but if, they, if they're able to compensate us for um, what's happened, We've never cried about like you know how bad they shouldn't have done this. You know that's not been things that we've said. We said okay, we understand this is business. You stole stuff from us, just pay us for it. We'll move on. Um, you know, and I think that's helped us because usually the Chinese are used to the Westerners just kind of whining about it all the time. Well, this is bad. And this is bad. Well, just pay us, and we will we'll, we'll figure out how to go forward. Being one of the few CEOs that that has stood up as you have. Um, is there anything that you're concerned about with, you know, and I say this just because you, Leslie Stahl says it on CBS and you were explaining to us the concerns CEOs have about standing up. Right. Um, is there significant uh, revenues from Chinese manufacturers that you hope to do business with that will take this and think differently about it? I think they already have and we've seen it with our other partners in China that once this happened, um, they went back and trained their own employees, their employees on what's in the contract with American Superconductor. What do we have to do? Are we doing things the right way uh, by the law? So that I saw with great respect, like the rest of the Chinese got that this doesn't have to be a problem that everybody has to endure. That you know, uh, I say this to my my, my children. You know, um, yeah, mommy, you know, or daddy, they asked, you know. Chinese bad people, and I, my answer to them is, there are bad people in every society. There's good and there's bad, and hopefully the good overcomes the bad. And don't look at Chinese as being bad. There are some people in every culture that are bad. I just happen to wind up doing business with some bad people. The question of the government becomes, can the government figure it out? Can the police figure it out? Because if a crime is committed and nobody can stand up for uh, the victim or the violated, then the society itself can't allow good to overcome evil. And that's ultimately what's on trial here. Let's hope that happens. Well, I think that concludes our, our visit today. Dan, we really appreciate it. Um, um, look forward to um, watching you take the company with your, surround yourself with the rest of your management team um, to continue to uh, expand and grow the business model. The good thing with time is now people don't see us as this wind and wire company. They don't see us as this wounded company from China. They're now starting to see what we've been able to demonstrate in the way of delivering on numbers, meeting expectations, in many cases exceeding expectations. Right. Um, and hopefully in the future maybe we have some more Christmas surprises like um, the INAX deal that you talked about earlier. That'd be great. That'd be great. It can come anytime before Christmas too. <laughs> great. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.